Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the Shape of Work podcast. I'm your host Moshe Vanunu, and today joining us is Jeff Yi, chief exec and founder of Airwave. Airwave is a two-sided marketplace for wireless networks. And Jeff, uh, just diving in, if you wouldn't mind, kind of telling us what that means in your own words and what Airwave is and does. And of course, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. For first off, thanks for having me. Um, what Airwave does, to answer your question, is building the next generation of wireless networks by connecting wireless operators with what we call host sites. Now, that could be anyone that owns property, a homeowner, a business owner. Um, but a lot of different sites are needed to help to build the next generation of wireless because um, they're called the access points, right? They, all these wireless devices need to connect into wireless access points and millions and millions of them are needed around the world. And so we have that Airwave is a marketplace that connects the operators with those property owners to help build these networks. Gotcha. And I would imagine you have a, a history kind of in those spaces and the intersection is what was the catalyst for building Airwave. Tell us a little bit about how this came to be um, and how you you know founded Airwave. Yeah, sure. Well, I've, I've been in the wireless industry myself, um, you know, probably my entire career. I was part of the team at AT&T that built out the first wireless data network. That was long, long ago when I started my career. Uh, more recently, before Airwave, I was with a company called ZTE, which makes uh, telecom equipment and is one of the leaders in 5G. And so I work with carriers around the world on planning and strategizing their 5G strategies before 5G was set up and uh, recognized that uh, operators, carriers, and um, not just the mobile carriers, but when I say operators, I mean just uh, generally speaking, wireless ISPs, um, even IoT service providers are going to need a lot more property to be able to uh, deploy these access points. And that's when I came to the realization that it was going to be a big problem uh, with the next generation of networks, which is 5G, and certainly it's going to be the case as we get a decade. Uh, further into 6G. We're not there yet. Um, mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's the catalyst. That's the reason why we decided to form Airwave. Excellent. And how did the name came to be? Uh, come to be, by the way? I have to admit, it's partly just finding what uh, domain names are available, but we wanted <laughs> yeah. something that is, um, you know, sounds wireless and Airwave is, is, is certainly a word synonymous with wireless, right? That's how, that's how these, um, radios you know work is they transmit you know airwaves between a transmitter and receiver and we did a play on words right um airwave.com uh was taken but uh we made the an extra i in airwave meaning a i r w a i v e.com was available mm -hmm. and, that's, and we took it i love that i love that nice and as you were building the company i mean as a startup founder um I'm sure, you know, 
on this podcast, we have a lot of startup founders, entrepreneurs, and they kind of share a bit of the uh, challenges that they had founding companies, what they learned, um, what they didn't know that they didn't even know. Sorry, a little honking outside. Um, but what were some of the challenges and things that you learned about yourself, about the industry, about uh, about raising, just about the entrepreneurial um, space? What are some things you learned, some challenges um, that you, you would overcome in building Airwave, if you don't mind uh, sharing some of those with us? Yeah, challenges and continue always have challenges, yep. right? Um, mm-hmm. And we expect those. Um, but some of the initial challenges are really just convincing an industry that has been doing things uh, an old way, a very manual, uh, traditional way to adopt a new process, a new methodology uh, to adopt software, to adopt a marketplace model to be able to uh, fill this demand. And, and that's a little bit harder when you try to convince people that have been doing things for 20 or 30 years, a certain way to, to try to do something different. Yeah. 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 One of the, uh, one of the sayings we have in our agency is uh, legacy hinders potential added value. Um, There's so many legacy industries and legacy practices that, you know, hold back entire industries just because, well, these, this is the way things have been done. And it's tough to kind of shake things up um, when an industry is antiquated and kind of uh, kind of set in their ways. How have you, um, have you guys kind of broke through that? You guys have, um, you know, raised a bit of funding. You've had a bit of success. You have some momentum. How have you, um, you know, kind of pushed through that barrier of this antiquated um, model? Yeah, I would say find the ones that um, are are desperate, are in need um, uh, mm-hmm. to, for change. And so the challenger brands and uh, challenger brand is not only just a small company. We are working with some pretty small wireless ISPs and they're prime for growth and we will grow, help them grow. Um, but that does include some larger companies as well, but they still tend to be the, the challengers. It's not the top three wireless carriers, but it's, it's maybe the fourth one that wants to compete, you know, the top three. So when you find those types of companies, and especially ones that ha- um, are under a time frame to build wireless networks, then they are more willing to look outside the box and, and see how they can accomplish uh, their objectives. Right, right. I love that. I love that. Look for, look for the ones who are looking for you. Look for the ones who are looking to, yeah. you know, shake things that's up. That's another way to say it. Yeah, that's yes. um, definitely not a certain way to say it. Uh, otaku is actually a Japanese word that roughly translates to an obsession. It's why, uh, you know, somebody will drive two, three hours to a record shop, you know, because they're just so into vinyl or a certain type of blues or funk or whatever the case may be. And they have the otaku. You can have that for anything, you know, uh, ramen noodles, um, you know, plants, you know, music, different types of uh, technologies. And it seems like the people who are gravitating towards you, towards the company rather, um, you know, are kind of seeing a bit of the future. They know that, that a shift has to take place and they're kind of being more proactive as opposed to reactive. Um, and tell us a bit about some of uh, some of those guys, some of those companies, some of those clients that, um, you know, are, are kind of on board with this. They, they see the future. They know that. Um, a two or rather 3.0 version kind of needs to happen. Tell us about some of those people that have that quote unquote uh, otaku uh, for airwave. Yeah, sure. So I will um, pick on a handful of companies. So I'll just 
grouping this a category of trying uh, with a mission to solve the digital divide and to bring internet broadband prices down because the average American pays something like $65 or so per month for internet. And I think there's a a new, let's call them a batch of companies that, you know, recognize with uh, next generation wireless um, that it can be done for far cheaper and sort of starting to see, you know, $25 a month, you know, price points for, for wireless Um, other companies that are trying to hit um, $30 a month, you know, price points so that they can give it away essentially for free to low income households. Why? Because there's a, a broadband bill that was passed late last year that subsidizes uh, low-income households up to $30. And so I think you're going to see that as the magic price point moving forward for for wireless, for, for broadband internet, just delivered over wireless, somewhere between $25 to $30. So back to your question, though. So if I kind of group together those companies that are mission-driven, you know, can we lower internet prices? Can we do things a different way? They do tend to be newer, younger companies, not brand new. I mean, uh, some of them have been around for you know maybe four or five years, um, but not on antiquated, old, um, outdated uh, technology. And and if they they use new technology plus new processes, and that's what Airway brings, um, to find these new sites and expand their business, then the idea is that we can deliver broadband internet and, and at the same time, not only bring people in, uh, up on the internet and solve the digital divide, but we can also bring other people that are already connected internet with at lower prices too. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's right on point. That's exactly how much I'm paying each month about 70, 70 something bucks. And I can imagine in uh, kind of lower income areas, tons of you know families probably don't have internet or maybe it's super slow. Um, and so this is something that will have a massive kind of effect if it's uh, if you guys keep trending in the successful direction that you guys are trending in, which kind of leads me into my next uh, point that I want you to touch on. What does an airwave enabled world look like? Well, we're hoping is that um, every home has at least two or more um, options for internet. And that's what we call decentralized uh, last mile of the internet. Decentralized meaning that it's not uh, central to one um, operator. And when you can have two or more, that gives you choice, that gives you um, competition, and in theory, it should lower the prices. Um, but a lot of the world, and so we, we say that's we want two or more options for every home in there. Um, just getting to one option in every home around the world is itself a challenge, right? Half the mm-hmm. world still does not have broadband internet uh, to the world. I'm sorry, internet in general to the a home. They might count as having a, a cell phone, you know, going into the home, but that's not enough, you know, if they want to be able to sit and do work on a computer. So we want to bring 50% of the world onto the internet. And for the remaining 50%, we want to make sure that they have two or more options. I love that. Yeah. With two more options that creates flexibility that gives you options. It uh, removes, well, sorry, removes limits um, in terms of what people can do. And I mean, just the accessibility that you're giving these people who wouldn't have had it otherwise um, is huge. I know we're kind of going a little uh, a little back and forth here, but is that the core of Airwave is to kind of democratize the accessibility to, you know, broadband internet for, you know, less fortunate people? Is that like the core of Airwave? That's the core of our mission. Um, yeah. In, in fact, we'll be na- making an announcement um, next month, uh, end of March timeframe about some of the first work that we're doing and uh, for low-income households that will actually get free internet. Um, mm-hmm. And that's staying closer to the U.S., but it's a model that we can expand ar- around the world. And, and to be quite honest, I think there's 
a lot of opportunity uh, well beyond the U.S. Uh, that desperately needs internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess maybe inquiring minds or maybe our listeners would probably be interested to know and you know share whatever you can share. But um, how do you guys generate uh, cash flow uh, currently? Like, are you guys um, uh, profitable currently? How are you guys generating cash? Answer whatever you know you feel comfortable answering. Yeah, sure. I'll just do it at a, at a high level, probably not a, uh, too much detail, you know, sure. to give away some of our secrets. But um, it's a two-sided marketplace. You know, on one side we have a wireless operator that is looking for properties to be able to expand their networks. So, I mean, that's how you do it. You you put a, these wireless access points as close as you can to customers, and when you want to expand, you keep building that out. Right? That's that's an operator's business. So they need property. And on the other hand, you have people that own property, a homeowner, a business owner. And they're interested in making extra money per month. Um, and it really ranges um, here in the US, it might range from $100 per month all the way as high as $4,000 a month for hosting a, a big antenna for one of the big three carriers oh, wow. uh, in, in a major metropolitan area. And that's literally how high this goes. And so think about it if you're a property owner and you get an opportunity to host a radio, it's a few hundred bucks a month, you know, $1,000 per month. Yeah, why, why not? And right. so we're a marketplace, we match the two. Um, like I said, you know, the more the merrier. So we want multiple operators to be able to build right. out these networks and have competition because competition lowers prices. Um, but we're marketplace, just matching the two. Right. Um, an operator can use our uh, platform for free and see what's available. Uh, a property owner can use our platform and, and load up all their information to our platform. All that's free. Um, we make our our money as a transaction fee when money flows from the operator to the host. Gotcha. Gotcha. And the network kind of becomes stronger, bigger, more influential as more kind of nodes join the network, I'd assume, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome, man. What um, what advice? I mean, it sounds like you've got your ducks in a row. You guys are trending in the right direction. Um, you know, your mission is is uh, is powerful. What, what kind of advice would you give to um, up and coming entrepreneurs, startup founders, maybe you know, they're raising their next round, um, kind of as they continue to come up, what's some, uh, some advice you would give maybe based on some of your learnings, mentors, things like that. Um, what's, uh, maybe some type of uh, wisdom you can impart on those that are listening. Yeah. And I, I fear that this isn't new because the same wisdom was, was given to me, you know, long, long ago. And, and, yep. Um, you know, I've heard it many times, but it's just, it's absolutely true. And I guess the more times people hear it, they go, guess I, I need to focus on that. It's, um, when starting a business, you know, make sure you're solving a real problem. So define the problem, define the solution. And then in the early stages, everyone will tell you, it's always about the team, right? Assemble the right people, um, to go solve yep. that problem. And, and that's yep. it for, at least for the early stages, as you get further along that, that changes a little bit, but yeah, early stages, problem, solution, team. Yeah. I mean, those are the core uh, factors for really anything. I mean, even if you look at like a sport or writing a book or a movie or even starting a business, you know, there has to be something that you're solving, kind of a void that you're filling. You create some compelling solution and then the people around you, the team that supports that mission um, kind of really, you know, really drive that thing forward from idea to reality. So, yeah, that's uh, that's core advice. That's pretty much timeless you know like you you can't yeah. really go wrong with defining the the problem and then finding the exact solution obviously you need to be flexible with your approach but having that team to support you that also believes um is just paramount so that's right on jeff right on 
Yeah, sure. I was just asking about uh, any inspirations um, you have, mentors, books, podcasts, things you listen to or consume that help inspire you. Yeah, certainly. So I I get most inspired by the people that are out there every day um, in emerging markets, um, helping people. Uh, just over the weekend, I talked to someone that was in Ghana, Africa, who is um, trying to bring healthcare systems to to the people of not, not just Ghana, but, but Africa, um, because they're so far behind the times. And we had a good discussion around how broadband, you know, in the country would help her initiatives. It's people like that, that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one here that runs a nonprofit in, um, Texas that we're working with. That's the, the one that I mentioned will be delivering free internet. Um, people that like that inspire me because, um, because they're doing it because they want to help people. And at our wave, we want to help those people. Right? We want to help the people that are are the enablers to bringing a, a better future uh, to people, and and sometimes that might be through healthcare systems in Africa. Um, that might be new peer to peer payment systems in in Southeast Asia. Uh, there's probably numerous examples that we have, but I think everything first starts by connectivity, connecting to people with high speed internet, um, so that we can enable some of these uh, nonprofits or even for profit companies to deliver the services that they need to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's really great. Can you tell us a bit more about the Ghana initiative? Yeah, it's a a company um, called Claude's C L O D S. And uh, their, their mission is to connect um, hospitals in Ghana and it'll expand throughout West Africa with healthcare um, uh, information systems. Sounds like a no brainer for for us that are probably listening in, in the U.S., our hospitals and, and medical mm-hmm. facilities have been connected for years. But you know, how do you how do you bring someone online and, and share data between two uh, medical facilities when they didn't even have a internet connection between the two, right? So right. some of these things that we see as very very basic um, are still uh, challenging even in big metropolitan areas of uh, third world countries. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I can only imagine the effect of that connectivity, I mean, at the base level, saving lives, and then expanding from there, improving the quality of life, lowering stresses. I mean, if you're a patient in one hospital and you don't know if your information is going to get accurately and quickly sent to another hospital that may have the doctor that you need for a surgery or a diagnosis, lowering those stress levels um, is such a huge thing for patients. And I mean, that's just like one effect of what you guys at Airwave are doing. And that's, um, that's great. I mean, we, uh, you know, we, we like to talk with people like you who have noble missions, who have noble causes, and are also taking up antiquated industries. It just seems like a good recipe for fulfillment, for success, for helping people who then help people, empowering, enabling these people who have, you know, noble missions as well. Um, so it's great to connect with you, uh, Jeff. And kind of as we, uh, as we land this plane, anything that you would want to maybe share additionally with our with our listeners, we'll have the airwave uh, link to your website on the description of this in the description of this podcast, as well as uh, links to your socials. But um, anything you'd want to get out there to our listeners, uh, we have people from HR, tech, entrepreneurs, startup founders, um, these types of people. Yeah. So, um, well, thanks. 
the first the, the opportunity um, to get that plug, right? Um, getting our word out means everything. And, and so really owe you uh, my sincere gratitude. And for the, the people that are listening, we have an ecosystem. There's actually many different ways to contribute. I mentioned, um, you know, for wireless operators might be a small segment, property owners, a lot of people may be listening to this that might raise their hand and go, gosh, yes, I would want to contribute my property and can be literally anywhere around the world. And you can register an address in Airwave. Um, and, and soon to be, we'll actually have other ways that people can participate too. We haven't announced this yet, but I'll just give you a hint of what's coming. Um, someone might be able to make an investment in equipment. You know, for, for example, I'll go back to a third world country, maybe a property owner can't afford, uh, you know, 3000 you know, dollar small cell to put on their roof. We're actually going to have um, a third entity where investors can contribute and participate by buying equipment that, you know, for a property owner to install on his or her house. And then everyone can uh, get rewards in this uh, at the end. That's the part we'll come up with later and we'll, towards the end of this year, be announcing. That's but awesome. The point is that, um, but we've got a, a large ecosystem and, and it'll eventually expand beyond just the two roles of a, um, a wireless operator and a property owner. I love that, man. I love that. Your guys' trajectory is is exciting. Like I said, the effect of what you guys are doing is um, is inspiring and we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for you guys. Um, thank you, Jeff. That was Jeff Yee, Chief Exec and Founder of Airwave. Um, once again, thanks for being on and, and even more importantly, thanks for doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, well, appreciate it. Uh, thanks yep. much and you have a good day. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.